The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The Soapbox on the Hard Shoulder. Ian O'Doherty is on the Soapbox at six today, the columnist with the Irish Independent, uh, to talk about uh, being offensive and the right to be offensive or the non-existence of a right not to be offended. Or both. All, all of the above, really. You know, um, the what you kind of unpick there is two essential truths, is that A, people have the right to express an opinion that other people find offensive, and B, more importantly, nobody has the right to go through life without being confronted by an idea that they find offensive. And I'm not even sure what offensive actually is. Really, when you boil it down, it just means that you're annoyed by something. Um, and the, but the thing is, we won't see trigger warnings before movies saying this movie contains annoying scenes. It'll be this movie contains offensive scenes. So the word offence has taken on an almost pathologi- pathological magnitude in where people think that saying I'm offended is in itself an argument against the person who has annoyed them. And that's mm-hmm. really what we're talking about. Is basically, people know that if they say that annoyed me, it doesn't carry the same weight as saying that that's offensive. And I retain and maintain my right and everybody else's right. This is the important thing um, to express opinions that some people might claim that they find offensive. And remember, offense is something that's taken, not given. Mm. It's an incredibly subjective response to things. Um, whether it's the trans issue or, you know, Islamism in in the West or anything like that, uh, people immediately try to shut down debate. And one of the things I find fascinating is that when I was a kid growing up in Ireland, uh, the liberals were the good guys. And I always considered myself a liberal. And it was the Catholic Church and conservatives were the bad guys because they were the ones who were trying to stifle debate and shut down opinions that they didn't like. And I remember even um, in my early days in journalism having priests and bishops ring up newspapers to complain. Yeah. Um, And that was kind of terrifying at the time, but it was the last kind of stings of the dying wasp because the church was kind of losing all its power. And very naively, I assumed that once we got over that final hurdle, that we'd be going into a glorious era of sort of free and unfettered expression where people could speak without fear or favour. And instead, I look at the current cultural landscape and it's far more more censorious now uh, than it was even in in the 80s and the 90s when the church still had the whip hand. So in, in, in what way is it censorious? Well, like I can understand people complain about being offended, but in what way is that censoring people? You had Graeme Linehan on the programme, right? Um, In November, maybe, around then. Look at what happened to Graeme. Graeme is a perfect example of that. Father Ted, the music was cancelled. He lost his career. He lost his marriage. He lost his house. Um, That's pretty effective bloody censorship. And what's interesting about that is that it goes into the cowardice and the complicity of an awful lot of people. Now, I should point out, I've known Graeme since we worked in Hot Press together Mm. as young flits starting out. And we can't stand each other. Okay. Uh, We don't like each other Um, yet, but we've a lot of mutual friends. And a lot of those mutual friends, when Graham got involved in the trans route, 
they just ran for cover because they didn't want to be hit by the splatter of what was coming in on Graham. And even though, despite the fact that I don't particularly like him on a personal level, I would defend to the death his right to express his honestly held opinions. And it doesn't matter whether I agree with him or not. On this issue, as it happens, I do. It's probably one of the few issues that I do agree with him on. Um, But this is what I'm talking about, censorship. And you have, I mean, I've had constant calls from people on Twitter, normally anonymous, but not always, um, to any different people who employ me to sack me immediately. Mm. So it's not a, so my take has always been, if you have an idea that's different to mine, let's have a debate about it. And I've changed my mind on loads of issues because I've had debates where people have come at me with a different perspective or with more information than I already had. Um, and I go, okay, that's a good point. And, you know, because I'm not an absolutist. Yeah. But we live in an absolutist society where everybody seems to have gone into their own little political or social or ideological reservations. Yes. And they refuse to peek their heads out from that. And that's something that me, in my nature, that's something that I like insulting and lampooning and basically annoying these people. And you look at, for example, Dave Chappelle. The yeah. greatest living comedian. And he has been for a long time. And if anybody really wants to laugh, the best TV sketch of all time was from the Chappelle show. Um, Clayton Bigsby, the black blind guy who becomes a head of the Ku Klux Klan. Right? It is an, a work of absolute genius. It is amazing. It's it, amazing. But, and, and the I same, love the bus hostage scene. It, I can't describe it, that on air. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. But it's the thing is, You do not have the right to be offended. I have the right, or everybody else has the right to offend you. And there are some people who should be offended. There are some people who deserve to be annoyed. You know, um, the the Saudis, the Iranian government, you know, the various different hardliners, um, the blue-haired protesters who, you know, think that they can shut down debate. I did a a public talk just before lockdown outside the Dáil, um, given out about the incitement to violence and hatred act that was mm. coming in because it's incredibly decronian. I mean, it's worse even than the one they have in Scotland, which is currently the worst in Europe. And there were a bunch of Antifa idiots across on the other side of Moser Street. And they're all wearing their balaclavas and stuff. And I called them over and I said, come over and have a chat. You know, mm. come over and talk. Give me your ideas. Um, otherwise, just feck off and go away and stop annoying me. But I was there to open up the idea of what could be a constructive dialogue. But these people can't have a constructive dialogue because they're on their own reservation. They hang around with the same people, either in person or on social media. And frankly, they're idiots. And I reserve the right to call them idiots. I have no respect for them. Yeah. And is is then, is it your contention then that the way the censorship works is that it just takes the likes of a Graham Linehan or someone else to be piled upon and that the effect of that is that other people won't express yes. their views. It, it, it's, so there'd be other people then self-censor. It, it's a classic example of mob rule. Um, and I find on it's a mixture of, from the media, in my experience, it's a mixture of not necessarily political alignment with certain issues, mm. um, but they just don't want the hassle. Um, because basically people just want to get through their day in a newsroom or whatever without ha- having 
a mob of people piling onto them on social media or turning yeah. them up inside the but building. But you, you said you're not an absolutist. I mean, are you an absolutist in the free speech sense then? Well, I like as in, you know, are, are there certain views? Well, incitement and violence. What I've always defined hate speech as is that, and inciting violence, is that you should be allowed to deny that the Holocaust happened, right? It shows the world that you're an idiot. It doesn't have any material impact. And this is the benefit of free speech. You, you know then who you're dealing with. If we're t- and yeah. I mean, I've, I've debated with numerous Holocaust deniers and I had one of them ended up in tears uh, by the end of it. And that's how we should do things. But the difference is from denying the Holocaust happened to calling for a second one. Which is that's what, where you would draw the line. And, and this is what we're seeing so the, at but the then, moment. But then it's just that you, you, your disagreement with the, 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 the censorious mob is really a question of degrees. It's where you draw the line, No, it's, it? a, it's a question of inciting violence. Okay. And I mean, the thing is, in Melbourne, with some of the pro-Hamas uh, demonstrations, and Melbourne has a large Lebanese immigrant community, um, they were chanting, gas the Jews. Now, that's not free speech as far as I'm concerned. That's a direct incitement to murder. Whereas incitement to hatred often involves speech that people simply hate hearing. Um, and I find, it, I find it very difficult to get offended by anything. Yeah. I get annoyed by lots of things, right? Because um, I'm kind of grumpy, really, to be honest with you. Um, but I, So I get annoyed by lots of things. But there's nothing that really offends me. And if somebody comes after me, and I've had some fairly hilarious social media pylons yeah. or piles on uh, down the years. And most of the time I just laugh it off because it's the it's a bunch of witless idiots. And I mean, social media is a cesspit of idiocy, right? Um, and it's where the inadequate go to make themselves feel a little bit better about themselves where they'd be better off going out and having a game of football or going for a walk or just trying mm. to get some sort of a life. Um, but one of the things that does annoy me about social media is the anonymity. Um, whereas people can agree or disagree with what I have to say. Yeah. But my name is on it and my face is on it when it's in the paper or when I'm on telly. And I mean, there was one guy after the last time I was in here and we were having a very animated discussion about October 7th yes. and, and Gaza and stuff. But that was the way conversation... And I enjoyed it because it was a good back and forth, yeah. right? Um, but there was a guy then who went on Twitter, and again, anonymous, as far as I recall, and he said, uh, I know for a fact that Ian O'Doherty has accepted free trips to Israel paid by the government. Um, now, that's a downright lie. And I have been offered press trips by the Israelis, and I've never taken them for the simple reason that I didn't want to be compromised. And any time I've gone to Israel, and I love Israel, any time I've gone, I've gone on my own steam and my own dime. Mm. And I've always said that. And just very quickly, funny enough, Phoenix asked me that question a couple of years ago. And I said, the only freebie I've ever got from Israel was a bottle of fairly rancid kosher wine. And <laughs> the ambassador went nuts because that was from his family's vineyard. <laughs> and so I managed to annoy both the Israelis and the anti-Israelis. But, but it's, it's, it's very hard not to be irritated when you see stuff like that. But sometimes that's just the price you have to pay. But I mean, I've had people say to me that they find my views offensive and then they tend to be really surprised when I go, so what? Um, Move along, nothing to see here. Mm. You know, if you allow yourself to, and again, I mean, 
even the definition of the word offence is is so vague um, as to be almost meaningless. Really, what I mean, it's 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 a more grandiose phrase for being annoyed or being cheesed off. But if you find yourself saying that's offensive, uh, you need help. Derek says he's a brave journalist and writes what people are really thinking I always read his column uh, Eno Doherty says somebody has possibly the last intelligent straight talker left in the country it was the first time I've heard that a lot of love <laughs> the text I know it's Evan 1400 uh, if we have any listeners left they're furiously googling those Dave Chappelle sketches I think uh, to watch them the blind black uh, white supremacist it is absolutely amazing uh, it, it is genius it is it, and like I've loved Chappelle since I got a DVD of The Chappelle Show when I was in the States 20-odd years ago. Yeah. And he is one of the funniest men. And the thing is, what he's done with the with the whole trans debate, it was sparked by the suicide of a trans friend of his. And he, he began to get involved in it. And then he was attacked by various different trans people. One of the, And we were talking about censorship. When he did his Netflix special um, on the issue, which isn't that funny because he's too angry. Mm. Um, it's a bit ranty, yeah. You know, it is. And again, I'm saying that as somebody who'd be a big fan of his. But the censoriousness of the younger staff um, in Netflix went on strike. And they said that they wouldn't be involved. It's a bit like Jordan Peterson's younger staff at his pub- publishers. They went, we can't be having this. And in fairness to Ted Sanderos, the head of Netflix, he said, well, if you don't want to work here, you can leave and find another job. So that was actually a hope that maybe... I'm not particularly optimistic, but maybe the tide is beginning to turn against this rise of absolute idiocy where these buffoons think that their feelings trump facts. Feelings never trump facts. Facts are more important. Is the tide turning or is Ian King Canute? 87 Ian O'Doherty, columnist of the Irish Independent. Ian, pleasure. Thanks a million uh, for joining us. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.